wish that I could rewrite history. I used to dream that each mistake could be erased, that I could just pretend I never knew the me back then. I used to pray that you would take this shame away, hide all the evidence of who I've been. But it's the memory of the place you brought me from that keeps me on my knees. And even though I'm free, heal the wound, believe the scar.
Amen. Good afternoon. Can we open up our Bibles to um, Matthew chapter 11? Let us, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just, uh, we marvel at your love. We marvel at what you're doing in each one of our lives. And we have individuals here today that will be given their testimony, how they've come from darkness to light. And they will share and make a public proclamation of what the power of Christ can do in a life. And we just thank you for that. And we ask now, Lord, that you would be with us, that you would just uh, inspire your words, Lord, and open up hearts and direct hearts as only you can do, Lord. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Um, a lot of different titles for a message like this. Um, but I want to talk to you about invitations today. And invitations are pretty interesting. I thought about how many invitations, and I think everybody in here can say that you've been invited somewhere. My kids have been invited to a lot of events, even as they turn one or two and they start walking, praise God for the family of God, they've been invited to a lot of different parties. And each person here, I know you've been invited somewhere, and some of you have been invited here even to church. We've been invited to weddings. We've been invited to memorials. We've been invited to commencements, graduations, all kind of events. We, so we're very familiar with what an invitation is. And those of you today who don't know about our men's dinner, you get another invitation to come to that. It's a blessing. But I want to talk to you about a, a different type of invitation. There's one invitation that demands attention every day of the year. It's like an invitation that is proclaimed 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. Somewhere in the world, there's a brother or a sister or a pastor or a friend who's sharing another type of invitation. And we're going to talk about that invitation and, you know, you think about invitations, and, you know, I've refused invitations before, and I know many of us have refused invitations before. And we've even gone on invitations, and really, we didn't really want to go to an invitation. Maybe we went to a party, but we didn't really want to go to that party, but we went anyway. Well, this is one of those invitations that I want you to understand 
that it demands attention. It's one that, unlike any we've ever received, has unspeakable importance. It concerns eternal happiness of your soul. And it's not one of those invitations that you could say, I'm going to go even though I don't want to go because you won't be admitted then. You can't just go. You actually have to respond to the call with a heart that is open. And this passage is a wonderful passage in the scriptures. And it's only a couple verses, and that's good for me today because it's nice to just read a couple verses and go into the subject matter. So verse, we're going to go to verse 28 of chapter 11. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there's different versions of that. They all say, come to me, come unto me. Some say weary and burdened. Others say weary and heavy laden. Some say labor and heavy laden. Weary and carry heavy burdens. But it's the same thing. He says, come to me, you who have a weight on you. Because I want to give you rest. I want to comfort you. I want to help you. And we're going to talk about four points today. First one is who is offering this invitation. Second one is who, is who is he offering this invitation to? And what does he say we must do? There's a third point. And the fourth is what does he have to offer? Now, in the first place, who is offering this invitation? The question is, is who is this person in the Bible who's saying, come to me? Who is offering this invitation? Because we're talking about an invitation, and I've been given invitations before by a lot of people, and you have as well. But it's real important to understand who is this invitation. Who is this person? Well, this is the person that when we sang that song, Love Lifted Me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. This is the author of that. He's the one that says, when nothing else can work, I'm the one that can come through, and I'm the one that can lift you. I am the one that's pinning these words. Who is this man? Is he a con artist? Is he a person making a promise that he can't fulfill? Which there are many today that make many promises that they can't fulfill. They come and they promise, and you have people, they say that you don't like to have a person um, come to your house, a, 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 a salesperson to come to your house trying to sell you things. And many people have been conned by people selling something that has no value and taking money from people. 
It happens all the time. A promise with no reality. Will this promise come to me who are weary and heavy laden has reality. He says, I'll give you rest. I'll comfort you. I'll help you. Who is the speaker of this invitation? Who is the man making this bold invitation? Because it is bold. And I know we might have read it before and you might have heard it before, but it's a bold statement to say, if you come to me, I will give you rest for your soul. That's a bold proclamation. Who is he? Well, he's the man that was born of a virgin. The sinless one. The one that came to earth. And Isaiah says about this man, says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful. Who is this man? He's wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or peace. Who is this man? Who is this man? He's the man that went to the rich man and looked at him and had compassion on him and looked at this man who was dying with all his wealth and said he wanted to follow Christ. And he looked at him with compassion and he said, sell all you have and come follow me. He's the one. He's the one that looked up in the tree and saw our brother there and he says, come down. I, wanna, I want you to come. I want to come to your house today. He's the one that looked at the blind man and said, I give you sight. He's the one who was called the Lamb of God by John the Baptist. He says, there he is. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Who is this man? He's the one that told the woman at the well, if you drink this water, you'll never be thirsty again. He's the man who says to each one of us today, come, come to me. All you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will lift you up. I will comfort you. He's the one who gave us life so we could have life. He's the one that went to the cross and said, I'll die for them even though they don't love me and they don't care for me. He's the one that looked out on the ones that had spit upon him and beat him, and he said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Who is this man? He is Christ, the Savior of the world. And he says today, come. Come to me. All you who are downtrodden and hurting and in pain, and I will give you rest.
We've heard this invitation before, haven't we? Some of us have. What have we done with that invitation? I remember the invitation was given to me 14 years ago. Ron, come to me. And I said, yes, Lord. And I responded. Have you said yes to that invitation? There are many in here that have said yes. There's a number that will be baptized today that have said yes. They've said yes. I take the invitation. I accept it. And the Lord gave them rest, peace, joy, happiness, a new life. Now, second place, the second point is who is he offering this invitation to? Who is it? It says, those that are weary and burdened. Are you burdened today? I can't see your burden, but are you burdened today? He sees it. We can look around and we talk about where are these people who are burdened. And they're everywhere. It doesn't matter what country you go to. It doesn't matter what republic. They're in Asia. They're in Africa. They're in the United States. They're in Russia. They're young and they're old and they're the same. Weary people who are heavy laden with a burden. We read about all kinds of things. I was reading the news and they said consumer confidence is down to an all-time low and the worries are about jobs and energy and bills and everything and the country's is falling apart and dying. A DC mom is charged with killing four of her kids. A man is charged with throwing his four kids off of a bridge or something. All that is, is I am in agony. I am despairing. I am heavy laden. I am burdened. And my response is this. What has been your response to that burden? What have you done with it? Jesus says, bring it to me. He says, come to me. Lay it at my feet. What have you done with the burden? Because if you haven't given it to him, you're still carrying the burden. Why? He says, come to me. Give me that burden. I'll take it. Do we understand that? And you understand what is the cause of the burden? It's sin. Sin is the cause of this burden that we have. We are all sinners. All of us. Sin is the departure from God and the true reason why men and women everywhere are laboring and heavy laden. Sin. Sin is the universal disease which infects the whole earth. Sin brought in thorns and thistles at the beginning and obliged man to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow. Sin. 
Sin is the reason why the whole creation groaneth in pain and the foundations of the earth are out of course. Sin is the cause of all our burdens which press down upon mankind right now. It is sin. It is not anything else because God created us initially with no burden. None. But he gave us a choice. He said, Adam and Eve, don't go here. Don't eat here or else. And they did. They ate. And then we had the sin nature. Are you sinning today and wondering why you have a heavy burden? Look in your life. There is no burden without a sin. If you're feeling overwhelmed, which I know you are. There are people in here I know. I can see in your face. From up here, I see pain in people's faces right now. There's a burden, and it's because of sin. It's because you said to Christ, no thanks. You said to the life that you're living, I prefer this over Christ. You said no thanks to this life that God says you can have. You said no thanks. I don't want to live the life that you want me to live. I don't want to agree with the scriptures when it says do not do this. I want to do it my way. I want to sin my way. And the Lord says, come to me. Because you have a burden. Aren't you burdened? Well, honestly. When you live in the life that you're living and you're doing the things that you're doing and you're out of fellowship with Christ and you're choosing to do the things that you know aren't right, aren't you burdened by that? And he says to you, come to me. I'll give you rest. I'll help you. I'll lift you. I'll comfort you. I'll give you peace. How many times are you going to hear the same message from the same person, the lover of souls, and say no thanks. How many times are you going to say no? No thanks. Do you really prefer the burden of sin more than the peace that God has to offer you? Are you one of those people who is laboring? with a burden of sin today. Honestly, are you? Please, look in your life right now. When are you going to say yes to Christ and no to Satan and sin and the life of doing whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it, and how I want to do it, and who cares? 
a brother was telling me that he was sharing with somebody at work, and they said to him, you know, why are you doing this stuff? Why do you have to be so good? Your life is boring. And he mentioned to the brother or the, 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 the gentleman, he says, you know, I love my Lord, and, 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 and he mentioned heaven. And the guy says, you know, I don't care about heaven. I'll go to hell. Who cares? Are you saying that? Kind of, don't you really have to say that when you understand that there is a heaven and the hell? Don't you really have to say when you continue to say no to Christ, I'm not going to come? That I'm actually saying I don't care about hell. Can you really say that? Do you know how insane that sounds? To say I don't care about going to a place of darkness and weeping and gnashing of teeth forever. We understand time. There is no time. It's not like I'm going to go for five years, 10 years, 20 years, maybe a thousand years and I get to get out because I have one of these get out of jail free cards. No, we get to stay there. And you know, this one that I'm talking about, this savior, he looks out right now and I wish he could look into your heart from up here and I wouldn't be looking at you, but you would see him looking right now and you would see the love of Christ looking in your heart and your life right now and saying, why would you continue to say no? Why don't you come to me? So I can remove that burden from you today. I wish you would see him. I wish you wouldn't see me up here. I really do. It's a distraction to some people. I know. I wish you would see the love in his eyes and understand that this Savior that I'm talking about today is not my made-up Savior. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of earth. But he comes to those who are weary and heavy laden with the power of sin in their life. And he says, I want to give you rest today. I want to give you peace. I'm a new man because of what Christ did for me. I don't ever want to go back to the life. I, I have a peace and a joy. It's un, and I love you guys so much. Being with the family of God is so sweet and so special. It's absolutely hard to even fathom how sweet you are because you've been saved by God and the Lord gave you a new life. It's precious. <coughs> Excuse me. And you know, some people call him, they say he's the best friend that you'll ever have. Well, I walk a lot because of Adel. Don't answer that invitation. You'll never be the same. <laughs> but I, I walk a lot, and I'm walking, and I see tons of people with dogs. And I have nothing against dogs. I really don't. But they call him man's best friend. How in the heck can you call a dog man's best friend? And for some of you today, sin is your best friend. It's not Jesus. It's sin. He's your best friend. But he's going to bite you. And it's going to cost you. And people around have been loving. And there's people in here that have prayed for you every day that you would say no more. That you would say, I'm going to allow Christ to have his way in my life. I'm not going to continue to live the life. Do you understand that it's not like a game 
sin is not like a game that you can keep playing and all of a sudden when the game's over, you get to start all over again. No, there's consequences. If you continue to say no, no thanks, then there'll be a day when all of a sudden the light turns off and it doesn't come back on. You can't just change the light bulb. It's burnout. It's gone. It's over. And thank God for the people in here that love you. Thank God that they don't come to you every day and point the finger in your face and say, why don't you get saved? You're living a life. It's two faces, It's two lives. They don't say that, do they? You keep coming every day and you sit in your seat and you hear the words and God tries to speak to you. He tries to comfort you. He tries to give you direction. He tries to let you see in the mirror who you really are and what he could really do for you. And you keep saying, no thanks, no thanks. I want to sin. I want my life of sin. Aren't you tired? Aren't you heavy laden? He says, I'll give you rest. I will. I'll give you rest today. But you have to come. Come. Now, the third point, and we'll go through this really quickly, is what does he say we must do? And we just mentioned it, come to me. Just come. And there's a lot of verses that mean the same thing. It says, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved, you and your household. And that's what Bill McDonald, he said that there's so many verses that say come in the Bible. Come. But as many received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God, even to them who believe in his name. I am a son of God because God allowed me to be in his family because I came. And praise God for the family of God. Don't you want to be part of the family of God? Not a member in the church. Not a person that walks in the door and sits in a seat. Because that's not a member. Not of the family of God. You notice in this church, you don't have to sign up for anything to be a member of this church. You can come and you don't have to be on a list. There's no mailing list here. There's no list of people that they watch everybody and see what kind of ties you give and you're pulled aside because you're not giving a certain. No, it's not. What you have here is you have a family of God and people get to come because you're loved. But you're not a member of the family of God unless you've been born again. Do you understand that? You cannot say that just because I walk through these doors and sit in the seat and I sit in my same seat every time that I'm a member of the family of God because you have not paid the price to sit in that seat and call yourself a member of the family of God until you say, Lord, I accept your invitation. I will accept your free gift. And you don't have to do anything except say, yes, Lord. Coming to Christ. It could have been really difficult, guys. It could have been based on us paying for it. Going to church for a certain period of time. Maybe living a certain life. No. Maybe being kind of good. Maybe tithing a certain amount. No, there is no payment for it. 
It's a free gift of God. But you know what you have to be? And that is key. Because when there are invitations given, when my kids were given an invitation, the invitations weren't given to all the kids in the block of my neighborhood. They were given to certain people. What are those, who are the people that are given this invitation? What do you have to have your criteria? Heavy laden, burdened. That's the price you pay. That's all. That's the ticket to get in. I'm heavy laden. I'm burdened with my sin. And I no longer want it, so I'm going to come with my sin, and I lay it at your feet. That's the ticket. That's the invitation that we have to present to him. It's like, this is it. But, but the question is, are you heavy laden with your sin today? Or is it just okay? I don't care what I'm doing to the people around me. I don't care what I'm doing to my loved ones. My sin is because your sin does not just affect you. Everybody around us, when we're living a life that's fraudulent, affects them. It hurts them. Are you living a life that's really, really just a fake? Are you tired yet? Isn't that burden heavy? When you lay down on the pillow, aren't you a little bit tired? Isn't it hard? When you look in the mirror and you do the things you do, don't you get tired? Doesn't it feel bad? Sin does not feel good, and that has that's the way God made it. You will not ever feel good about your sin. I promise you. You might like it, but it will never, ever be good for you. It hurts you and hurts the people around you. But I can tell you, if the people around you are saved, they're not going to go to hell with you. You're going alone. And the invitation is again before you. Come. This is the invitation. Come. Are you weary? Are you burdened? Is there pain in your life? Are you suffering? Are you hurting? Are you tired of your sin? Are you tired of living this life away from Christ? And the Lord says, come. Now we have one last point. And the question is, is, is what does he have to offer? And it's peace. <laughs> Sorry. Like Eddie was telling me, he says, you know, why do you go? People were saying, why do you go to church? I had a guy tell me that yesterday. He says, you know, what do you do? Well, you have a boring life. He said it. I mean it. I mean it. It's like, what do you do? They think we have a boring do you have a boring life, Christians? Because I don't have a boring life in Christ. I love my life in Christ. So when the point says, what do you have to offer? You have everything to offer. The life of a Christian is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's lovely. It's peaceful. 
It brings joy to the heart when things are dying around you. When the market is dead, you're alive. When people around you are losing everything, and you are even losing everything, we can say in Christ, I am okay because of my Christ, my Lord, my Savior. So what does he have to offer? Everything good and lovely and nothing bad. And I'm telling you, I see lives, I see eyes and faces right now that you don't have it. I'm telling you, I see people who don't have it. Not on your face, I don't see happiness. And he says to you, come, come to me. Because I, I didn't just give them something that I'm not willing to give to you. All you have to have, all you have to be, is heavy laden. Hmm. I was reading something by a gentleman. He says, listener, do you know anything of the rest of which I have been speaking? If not, what have you got from your religion? You live in a Christian land. You profess and call yourself a Christian. You have probably attended a Christian place of worship many years. You would not like to be called an infidel or a heathen. Yet all this time, what benefit have you received from your Christianity? What solid advantage have you obtained from it? What benefit have you received from your Christianity today? When he says to you, I offer you peace, do you have it? When he says to you, I offer you just love, joy, do you have it? Do you have the benefits of being a Christian? Because you can't just call yourself a Christian and just get the benefits just because you said it. Everything else, you can do that. You can get benefits in this world. But as a Christian, you can't. If you're saved, you have the peace. If you're not saved, you won't have the peace. It won't happen. It's not something that we can make up. It's not something that we can fake. I was reading another gentleman that says, and rest is one of the principles that offers. But the world says, come to me, and I will give you riches and pleasure. And Satan says, come with me, and I will give you the greatest power and wisdom. And Jesus says, come unto me, and I will give you rest. And then, and then he says a second time in that, verse 29, I'll give you rest for your souls. Is your soul at rest today? Honestly, is it at rest? Is it? Are you happy in Jesus today? Are you at peace? 
The world is falling apart around us. But do you have the peace or do you have a life that basically is I'm going to do what I want to do the way I want to do it. And I love my sin more than I love my savior or the one who could be my savior. And he says, come. It's not enough to feel that you're laboring and heavy laden and desire to be saved. We have to come. We need to end. And I pray that the Lord would give me mercy in this story, but I was walking this morning, and I was just thinking about it. And it happens when you have kids. I was thinking about the life of Cinderella. <laughs> kind of a funny thing to think about when you're walking. But, <laughs> but I was thinking about Cinderella, and you know, we know the story, don't we? Cinderella. She got an invitation, right? Didn't she get an invitation? Invitation to go to this great ball. And what happened to Cinderella? Everybody was trying to stop Cinderella's evil stepmother and stepsisters. Said, you can't go to the ball. And they did all these things to try to stop her from going to the ball. They tried to stop her. You can't go to the ball and meet the king's son who's looking to marry a bride. You can't go. And all of a sudden, through providence and everything, she gets this magic pumpkin or whatever happens. <laughs> and she goes to the ball, right? Why does she go? She went to the ball, and she met the king's son. And her life was never the same. But it wasn't easy, was it? She had those that were telling her, don't go. And, and there might be some, it might not even be others right now that are saying, don't go. It could be Satan himself inside of you saying, come. I don't need to come. Don't worry about what he's saying. You got plenty of time. Evil stepsister, don't listen. Don't listen. Go to the ball. The Savior's there, waiting. He says, come. Isn't that wonderful that we can just come? And he's not looking at your past. He's not saying, well, you had many opportunities to come and you, and you turned them down so you can't come anymore. No, no, no. It's not over yet. The game's not stopped. The hourglass is not empty. You can still come today. Jim Sisko told us last week that he left for a few years and then he came back. <coughs> Excuse me. And he says, I'm a new man. Christ gave him a new heart. Christ gave him a second chance. And he doesn't just give second chances once in a while. He offers one today, and you know who you are, don't you? You know. 
You know you don't have him. You know you're living a life of sin. You know it. But are you weary and heavy laden with that life? Are you tired? Are you fed up with the life of sin? Are you ready to say, I give up? I'm going to the ball. I want to meet the king. He's waiting right now this morning to meet you right here, right now. And he says, come to me, those who are heavy laden and burdened with your life, separated from Christ, living a life away from Christ, living a life of sin. He says, today is the day that I'll give you another chance to come to me. Will you come today? That's the question. And we're going to bow our heads and, and you saints, you pray. You pray for those out here that are you know aren't right with the Lord, that don't really know him. You pray for them right now. And you pray that they would be stimulated to see their true condition. So all your eyes closed right now, please pray that there's somebody here today that will say, yes, Lord, I will accept your invitation to come into my life. Is there anybody here today that wants to say to the Lord, yes, Lord, I am heavy burdened and I'm tired of what I'm doing in my life and who I'm affecting in my family. I'm tired. I'm tired, Lord. And I want you to come into my heart. Just put your hand up. The sweet invitation of our Lord says, are you tired? Is there anybody today? Are you tired? Is the burden of sin getting too much? He says, come. Are you willing to come? Put your hand up if you're willing to come. Let him have his way. Time is up. Allow Christ to change your life and give you a new heart and give you a new life. Will you say yes to Jesus today? Please. Say yes to Jesus. Anybody? Let us pray. We Lord, we thank you so much that you're the God of second chances. You're the God that's concerned about our position, our condition. And I pray for those today, Lord, that this message would not leave them, that no matter what they do with this message, Satan tries to push it out of their mind that you would make this message to stay in their mind and their heart so that they would see the love of Christ, recognize their burden, recognize their life of sin and separation from you, and come to an understanding that there's no other life except the life that Christ has for them. We pray that, Lord. And we pray that you'd bless the remainder of our day and just give us a wonderful baptism in your name.